0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God that we hear this evening is from Genesis chapter 18 verses 1 to 15. Then the Lord appeared to him, that's Abraham, by the terebinth trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself down to the ground. And he said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts, After that you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. They said, Do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, Here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being also old. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child, since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord?" At the appointed time I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, No, but you did laugh. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. just shy of one week till the 4th of July and all the fireworks. And this isn't an independent sermon, but the 4th of July does offer a good introduction to our topic today because on that day, of course, we celebrate. One of the things we celebrate is all of the freedoms and privileges that we have in this nation, not least of which, of course, is the freedom of speech, a freedom unprecedented before the foundation of our nation in the history of the world, a freedom that allows us even to laugh at and make fun of our leaders. And if you know anything about the kings and dictators that came before, you probably know that they didn't really like it when people would laugh at them and make fun of them, and you often found yourself in trouble, at least if you did it too openly. But we have this great privilege here that we can say what we want uh, about our leaders. And it's a privilege that we like to use. We like to poke fun of as a nation. I'm not saying you in particular. But as a nation, we like to poke fun of and make fun of and laugh at even to ridicule our leaders some more than others. We especially like to make fun of those that we didn't vote for. We don't like it as much when people make fun of the ones we did vote for, right? Well, we like to make fun of the ones we we don't uh, like. And it is a wonderful privilege, and it is something that we use and we like to use, but just because we have the right to do it, that doesn't, of course, mean that we should do it. Having a right, having a privilege such as this one means that we need to learn to use it responsibly. responsibly. And God's word makes it clear that we should respect our leaders, even the ones that we don't agree with. It's easy to criticize. It's easy to say what they should have done after the fact. It's a lot harder to make the right choices when you're the leader and you're in the middle of the situation. Unfortunately, we have leaders now that it's not just a question. Uh, it's not just a question of well, I would have done it differently, but it's a question of their whole attitude is contrary to God's word, and they support and encourage things that we know are wrong, such as abortion and alternative lifestyles. But even there, although we do need to speak out against those things, well, God's word still teaches us to be careful how we speak against them. We have the example in Scripture of Michael the archangel who did not even condemn or criticize Satan. We're talking about an angel here and Satan, and yet the Bible tells us that Michael did not speak an evil word against Satan, but rather left it up to God and his judgment. And that's the example that is set before us that we would do well to listen to. God's word does does indeed teach us to be respectful, not to laugh or jeer at our leaders, at least to some degree. And yet it's not kings or princes that Sarah laughed at in our text, is it, but God himself if it's sinful for us to laugh at and ridicule earthly leaders who do make mistakes and who do even do things that are evil and sinful, how much more sinful is it, what Sarah does in our text, to laugh, to ridicule God? And not just to ridicule God, but even to ridicule his promise. Here God comes and he wants to do something really good and something really wonderful for Sarah and Abraham. He wants to give them the one thing that they've been hoping for their whole lives and still don't have, a child, a son. And so he comes with this wonderful news. I, I'm going to give it And he's even very specific this time. He's given this promise in the past that Abraham's going to have a son, but now he's very specific according to the time of life. Nine months, about a year From now, you will give birth to a son. And yet, instead of rejoicing in this wonderful gift God comes to bring, Sarah laughs. She ridicules God in her heart. Imagine that you wanted to do something really great for someone you loved. Perhaps after the service here, I go home and tell my wife, well, you know what, I'll take care of the dishes, and I'll clean the house, and I'll do all the cooking, and I'll even watch Keely, and you can just go do whatever you want. You don't have to worry about a thing. Well, that that would be something wonderful, or at least I mean it as something wonderful. And if my wife's response would be to ridicule, to, to jeer at that and say, yeah, right. I'll believe it when I see it, I probably would say, fine, I'll go do what I want, and I I won't help you out, right? And that's really exactly what happens here, isn't it? God comes with this wonderful promise, I'm going to give you this thing that you've been praying for, I'm going to give you a son, and Sarah's response is, yeah, right, I'll believe it when I see it. And this is God and his promises that she's talking about. It's no wonder then that Sarah lies when God calls her out on that. When God says, why did your wife laugh? And Sarah lies and says, no, no, I, I didn't do that. Because she was afraid. And she had a good reason to be afraid because she just laughed. She ridiculed God and his promises. And yet... Our story doesn't say anything about lightning from heaven, does it? In his mercy, in his grace, God does not strike Sarah down, which may indeed be what she deserved, but rather approaches her in love and forgiveness and reaffirms the very promise that she just laughed at. Like I just said, if this had been me, I probably would have been fine. I won't give it to you then. But that's not what God does but instead reaches out in love. I wouldn't say that we have the privilege to laugh at God. We have the privilege in America to laugh at our leaders, and we don't really exactly have the privilege to laugh at God. God's word, God's commandments certainly show us that we shouldn't do that. Nevertheless, we do have the privilege of having a God who is not going to strike us with lightning when we, like Sarah, laugh at God or ridicule his promises, but rather in his mercy, in his grace, grants us his forgiveness. Now we do have a problem, this same problem that Sarah has. We do often, in our hearts, even if we don't with our lips, laugh at God. God comes to us with his promises, such as, I am with you always. I'm right here with you now. And even if we don't say it with our lips, we sometimes think in our heart, yeah, right. Where is God? Why isn't he helping me out of my trouble if he's really right here with me? Or we sometimes think, yeah, no one's watching. I can do what I want now because no one's even going to know. Laughing at, in our heart, laughing at God's promise, ridiculing God's promise to be with us. Or he comes to us with a promise that he will listen and answer our prayers. And uh, very often we think in our hearts, even if we don't express it in such a way, yeah, right, right prayers are pointless. They're just a waste of time. God never answers any of my prayers. Or another example, he comes to us with a promise, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. In other words, put my word and the things I tell you and and the worship of my word first in your life, and I'll take care of you. I'll give you what you need for this life. And yet we very often think, yeah, right. I need to make sure that I'm working hard and taking care of myself because I can't trust God to take care of it. God does make some rather ridiculous, from an earthly perspective, promises to us, just like he made a rather ridiculous promise from an earthly standpoint to Sarah. And so we are often tempted to laugh at him and ridicule those promises. You know, when I, when I do counseling with people, uh, whether it's marriage counseling or whether it's some other kind of counseling, this is really the difference between whether the counseling works or not. Those who laugh at God's promises and say, I don't really believe that God is going to help me through this. I don't really believe that God is going to fulfill his promises. They often quit and decide to follow their own path which just leads to more misery and more problems. But those who hear God's word and trust in God's promise, even when it seems ridiculous, even when it doesn't seem possible for God to bring them through the difficulties they're dealing with, well, in the end, they see God fulfilling his promises. Sarah receives this privilege from God that, despite the insolence and arrogance of what she's thinking, God reaches out in his love. And not only does he forgive her, but he reaffirms that promise. But there's an even greater privilege that Sarah and we also receive, because you see, a year later, just as God had said, about a year later, a year later, just as God had said, Sarah does give birth to a child. And she names that child Isaac, which means laughter. So once again, Sarah is laughing, but she's no longer laughing at God, is she? But now she's laughing with God. She's so overjoyed by the fulfillment of God's promise that she laughs in her joy, and she even names her child, her child laughter, he who laughs as a praise to God for fulfilling that promise. I said earlier that we like to jeer at, we like to make fun of our leaders, and and also others, too, when we think they're being ridiculous. And that's not really good, but isn't it much better to be laughing with people rather than laughing at them? We sometimes think it's fun to laugh at people, but you think back of the times when you've been with your family or with your friends together, telling stories and jokes and laughing together. That's that's so much better than laughing at people behind their back. And this is a hundred times truer here as well, isn't it? It's so much better to laugh with God when we've seen His promises fulfilled than to laugh at him because we don't really believe that he will fulfill his promises. We are privileged that in God's mercy, he does not strike us down. When in our sin, we laugh at him, but we are even more privileged that despite that sin and the fact that we do sometimes laugh at him, God still fulfills his promises and enjoys seeing those promises fulfilled. We too Laugh with God at all that he has done, especially in sending his son to die for us and the heaven that he has waiting for us. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.